Dumpster diving for trash or treasure. Today on. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Press B to Cancel, your favorite retro podcast. At least, it's my favorite podcast. Hopefully, it's yours. Uh, this week, we got a fun topic. We're going to be talking about dumpster diving or bargain bin games. We, we all know bargain bins. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you're at the local Walmart or Target, and you see that bin of Wii games that's like 10 to 20 bucks, just stacked up, begging to be bought by somebody. Like those poor animals in the animal shelter, or those poor, poor orphans. So come with us as we talk about our bargain bin games that are actually good. We got three good games here to talk about. But I'm not alone today. No, of course not. I'm joined by Werewolf. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. Right. And also joined by Sinistar. How are you this Friday? I am extremely tired of buying bargain bin orphans. <laughs> They're all stacked up at Walmart. I don't think that's quite legal. <laughs> Yes. Uh, at least it's not Costco doing this. That's right. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The idea, I think, for me in this episode was I distinctly remember buying cheap-ass Wii games back in the day because there's there's certain consoles that just, just pumped out the games one after another, even long after the system was replaced by the, the, the next system in the line. So that's where I got the idea for this episode. But I want to start with, uh, Wolf, your pick first. What was your bargain bin game that you want to talk about? And what system was okay. it for? It was for PS2. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. And <laughs> this was, let me, let me set the stage for you a little bit. It's 2006, summer 2006. Um, and let me remind you guys what games came out that year. So I was at GameStop a fair amount. Major releases are Burnout Revenge. Final Fantasy 12, Elder Scrolls 4, Oblivion, Okami, stuff like that, right? So I'm, I like to go to the GameStop a lot on my way home from work or whatever, just see what's going on. And while I'm there one day, I come across this game. I'd never seen it before, never heard of it before. It was $20 new. It had just come out called Rough Trigger. And yes, it's a pun. The main character is a dog creature, a humanoid dog, <laughs> and he's a bounty hunter. <laughs> so the full title is Rough Trigger, the Vanacore Conspiracy. <laughs> so is this where Dog the Bounty Hunter got his inspiration? Is that what we're, we're thinking? No. Here? <laughs> no, this was like... This was a knockoff of Jack and Daxter, Ratchet I and Clank style games. I was going to say, this sounds like trying to, like, gain some traction from Jack and, and you know, Ratchet and Clank and, yeah. Yeah. And since I liked the Jack and Daxter games, I was like, hey, I'll try this. It looks like Jack and Daxter. My brother loved Ratchet and Clank. We've talked about it before. I've not played any of them. But, I mean, this looked up my alley because... Uh, let me let me read you a little bit of the back of the box here, real quick, before we get into it, because it's it's something. Hairy jobs require a rough hero, and if you can imagine a pun on the back of this, it's there. As the best bounty hunter and top dog, 
at the boss pie boss pi agency rough trigger is always up for the toughest jobs in the galaxy that's why he's on the hostile planet Endust, rescuing cute little pets called piglets. What Ruff doesn't know is that the piglets are the catalyst for an evil plan to take over the galaxy. So we're on end, not Endor. We're on Endust. <laughs> cool. Now <laughs> that's hilarious. This it's it's weird because certain aspects of this are really fluid and really good. And certain aspects of it are super clunky. And I don't know whether to attribute that because, you know, I don't remember 2006 that well as far as 3D platformers. I don't know if it's a PS2 problem or a this game problem, right? But, uh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, by this this point, you've had, you've had, I mean, if it's 2006, you said? So, I mean, that's, that's 10 years, yeah. right? After Mario 64. So, that's that's enough time to, for the companies to have got a handle on, you know, the camera and the movement and everything. So it should be okay. The camera is one of the biggest problems in this game. <laughs> now, <laughs> before I jump into the bad sides of this, let's talk about the good sides because for $20, especially in 2006, decent game, right? It's had this been $60, I'd have been pissed, but for $20, I was quite happy. Um, So you, you play as this character who is, He's kind of a sarcastic jackass, but he doesn't convey that directly to his employer, who's the one he's always gearing this stuff at. <laughs> he waits until the call with his employer is over, and then he has a cocky okay. comeback because he doesn't want to get fired. He wants his job. <laughs> of course. But it's, oh my goodness, it's, uh, it's very interesting because... It drops you on this planet, just like, you got to go collect these piglets. We've been hired by Vanacore to go collect these piglets. They really want them back. Go get them. Okay, boss. So you go land on this planet, and you like it starts you on like a tutorial level to sort of get you accustomed to everything. So you've got melee combat and ranged combat with weapons that you buy as you progress in the story. Um, you get what they call rank ups which is kind of like level ups you collect medals as you're running around and mm. those allow you to buy higher tier stuff whereas there's also money which just allows you to buy the stuff that you are able to buy mm. um there's an armor system so you can buy armor to prevent damage before your health bar starts taking hits which is kind of cool um and you <laughs> They introduce it in a terrible way. But you unlock a werewolf form, which I'm sure was one of the things that sold me on this game because that's me. But uh, when you find that in the first level, your char- the, the dude, Ruff, he just comes across this open ca- can- like canister of vials of liquid that are green. <laughs> There's like... No major story connection to it or do this thing and this will happen. He just looks at it, picks up a vial, sniffs it, and chugs it. <laughs> He's this like, what the hell is this? just lying on the ground for anybody and to then, grab like, at any it, moment's notice. <laughs> yeah, and I think he actually says, what the hell is this? And then sniffs it and chugs it. And then he turns into a friggin' werewolf. Well, you say this like this isn't this isn't uh, how real life works. I have been known 
to drink many a glow stick uh, when I've been raving really hard. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when I'm going through the forest and I see wild mushrooms, much like Mario, I, I eat them and I get special powers. Makes, sure. That's how it makes it works. me feel big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I saw that and I was like, wait, that's not safe. <laughs> Playing with my kid. Like, don't teach yeah. him bad habits. Yeah. Right. Don't eat right. strange. Don't drink strange liquids on the sidewalk. It's just, it's just not good health. Anyway. So, but like, it's actually got decent combat mechanics. It has, uh, you hold the button to actually shoot instead of melee attack. Same attack button, and then you can hold another button once you start shooting something, and you'll lock onto it. For the most part, hmm. that lock on likes to dance around. Sometimes it'll just fall off i don't know why it's not super common but it happens but it's really annoying when you're shooting at something that's scary as hell and mm. a little spider comes running over gets closer and your lock on's like oh that okay <laughs> so now you've so got this it, big thing that's killing you and you're shooting a spider so the lock on <laughs> is distance based it sounds like it seems as such yes okay. distance based as far as like it's also got like a cone of like Mm. only within this parameter in front of your character. So it's not the direction your camera's facing. It's the direction your it's character is facing along with the camera. They have to be lined up for the lock-on to really work well. Okay. So yeah. it's a shortcoming. How many weapons in this game? Do, do, you, do you I think remember? three. Okay. Graphic-wise, it looks pretty good. I like the character design. He yeah, looks pretty it cool. Looks, the graphics look pretty good, especially for PS2. Decent. Yeah. Yeah, like graphically, it looks decent. Um, it's got nice, like it actually has lighting effects and stuff. I appreciate what it's got going on. Um, the move sets are interesting because you actually have like combo attacks you can do that you can change up how you're attacking based on what's around you. Uh, so if you just want to focus on right in front of you, you can. If you need a combo that'll hit everything around you, you can. And then in werewolf form, all those things get bigger and meaner, right? But I find that unless you're using melee, the werewolf form sucks because using the werewolf form's ability is really slow and janky. And it's a ranged like light beam that you shoot out of him. Which But it's is so a... much slower than the gun that you usually end up taking damage and missing. That's a classic I mean, werewolf ability. We're, yeah, <laughs> werewolves are lightning. known for light beams for distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like moonlight or something. I don't know, but and it's the game also has a sort of day night cycle that has no discernible discernible impact on the gameplay whatsoever. It's just a neat change to the atmosphere as you're playing. So while you're playing through a level, you might see day and night like four times. So <laughs> it's like a three day so stage. So while you're talking, you know, good stuff, I have a question on whether this is a good bad. Like, give me if this is a good thing or a bad thing. While we've been talking, I looked at how long to beat, and it looks like it's six hours. Six hours of gameplay. Oh, is that it? That's what it says. Okay, so I when I played it the other day, I probably played through about a quarter of it. Okay. Do you, I mean, obviously at $20, six hours is probably a decent amount for $20, but do you feel like the game was, I mean, with, with some of these design decisions and maybe the six hour mark i kind of wonder if maybe this had grandiose designs did it feel unfinished 
Um, I wouldn't say it felt unfinished. I would say it felt a little rushed instead. Okay. Like they were really trying to meet a deadline. And when I look at the... So the, the game was developed by a company called Playstos Entertainment. And based on what I'm seeing, it looks like they had a lot of games come out over a f- seven-year window. So it seems like maybe they bit off more than they could chew as a studio. Mm. And we're just trying to pump stuff out and meet deadlines. Gotcha. I'm and, actually looking at that list. And Rough Trigger looks to be their first game in 2006. And then they had a couple, another PS2 game, Iridium Runners. And then it's a lot of mobile and iPad games. So I'm wondering if this game yeah, may I not have done that. so well for them. Yeah. And then their final game was Real World Racing for PC. <laughs> not a well of that one. Yeah. Not a big budget studio, probably at all. And from yeah. what I understand, it's Italian. But. I think another thing that sold me on it is it was published by Natsume, which, you know, at the time I definitely knew of for Harvest Moon. Hmm. Right. So I was like, all right, Harvest Moon's a decent franchise. This looks like it could be a fun game. So I picked it up, you know. But some of the things on the back, I think I knew what I was getting myself into when I read the back. Um, Another thing on here, it says... Play as straight shooting rough or run amok in werewolf form. Another thing that it says is take a dizzying speed cycle ride with pilot Cecily. And if you if you show my video at all, if you go to the hour and eight minute mark, you'll see that. I think it's the only stage in the game that does that. Like I, they say take a ride, right? literally a ride just one (laughs) that is a zoom motorcycle ride and i mean it looks pretty it runs well but it's it's the pod racer moment it looks good though i'm watching it right now that's that's the neat looking motorcycle segment though i think this looks yeah no i agree but it's funny that that's the only one you know yeah i feel like that motorcycle is like Four sizes too large for rough. It's n- you okay, tell that so to Batman, sir. You tell that it's to not Batman just in rough. the Bat Cycle. This is what this reminds There's me also, of: the big ass tires. His pilot is also on there. Oh. She's in front of him. She's the one driving it. Okay. She's a cat. Oh, dogs and, and cats living together. Mass flirting, hysteria. Flirting, no less. Mass oh. hysteria. The sexual the tension before the bike ride was off the charts. Wow. <laughs> this reminds me of, um. there's an N64 game with cycles, and this reminds me of that in a way. This looks good. I actually think this looks it like a great game. It actually does look good. It does the look reviews good. I'm seeing were like six to six or so out of ten, which is a bit low, but I think this looks pretty rad. It's funny because apparently it has a ranking on eBay as well, and that's four out of five. Hmm. But uh, yeah. like the game is not bad. The problem is the gameplay can be extraordinarily slow, and the reason for that is there's lots of destructible objects that usually contain money. So if you're running okay. around breaking all the items to get money out of them so that you have enough cash on hand at all times, the levels are a real slog. If you're not doing that and you're just rushing through, I'm sure the game is a lot faster. So it's sort of like 
pick your poison, right? Either you're not, you may not be strong enough or have enough money to get the goodies as you progress, but the gameplay flow will be really fast or you break everything and you're constantly ready for whatever is sold to you, but the gameplay is really slow. So it's, it's one or the other, right? But the, the bosses were actually kind of interesting. Um, I had the, like the first boss is the end of the tutorial area and it's a fire breathing dragon. It's not a giant dragon, but it's like maybe three times the size of your character and it's just off in the distance. So it's like avoiding the fireballs and shooting at it. Right. It's, it's very simple mechanics to get in the flow of things. And then the next boss you fight is this giant thing that you're just beating the crap out of and trying to get it to get zapped by a shock uh, a shock fence on the edge of the platform you're on. Mm. So the the encounters and the enemies, they don't feel boring or samey as you progress, which is nice. A lot of times you'll see that in cheaper games where the sure. you know the enemy, enemy variation is limited or the level design isn't great. The level design in this is actually pretty interesting. So the, at least from what name, I've experienced. The names have been changed to protect the uh, different boss people. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I mean, if you ever find it at a garage sale or something for a couple bucks, maybe grab it. It could be worth right. it. could be some fun. I think. So you mentioned that just we were mention, talking good things. What about, what about, what are the bad things about this game? Like I said, it can be a slog if you're trying to get everything. Um, okay. The levels can be kind of long and hidden sections are, I... I hesitate to say this is a complaint, but they're the hidden sections are very hidden. So it's easy to miss the little creatures you're looking for. And there's so many in each stage. The stages can get long. If you miss a couple going back to play through the stage again, it's a long stage, right? I was going to say about that, actually. So that reminds me of Spyro the dragon, right? Where like, I like Spyro, but the levels in Spyro also feel like a slog if you don't get all those gems and collectibles. And in Spyro, you kind of have to get all the, the collectibles if you want the good ending. So I, that this what this what this game reminds me of Spyro in that way, but with more abilities, more powers, and stuff. And I think when you say yeah, six the, hours to beat the game, six hours is Spyro is about that. I think anyway, maybe six to eight hours to beat Spyro. So this seems to be about the same yeah. length as other games. No, I don't think a six-hour game was out of the norm in 2006. I mean, no. unless you're talking about RPGs, in which case some of them were 50, 100 hours, but, you know, an action platformer, nobody expected more than maybe 10 out of a, hours out of an action platformer at the time. So, like, it's, it's a good length. It's not bad. Um, and the upside is the only collectibles are the little piglets, right? The, the little creatures. And they bark when you're nearby. So even if you don't see one directly, and some of them can be invisible, they're genetically altered and they're literally invisible. So I actually ran up on one at one point and just barely caught the little distortion on the ground and it barked. And I was like, oh, hey, what are you doing here, right? But uh, they bark when you're in the vicinity. So even if you can't see them, you know, okay, there's there's a piglet nearby. I need to look a little harder. Gotcha. So at least you you get an audio, audio cue for there's a collectible here. Come looking for it. <laughs> which is which is good for this kind of game because a lot of these mascot 3D platformers, the the hunt and finding of, of collectibles can be a real slog, right? Like Banjo Kazooie, I remember having issues with that one, for example, or Donkey Kong 64. 
finding all the hidden stuff can be a bit of a pain in the ass. So having like an audio cue is a good move. I think this game is this game is actually pretty underrated. I, I got to play this one, actually. I have a big gap in my, my retro history. I've barely touched PS2 games. Uh, and But looking at this one, this one looks like a one to play. I'm actually interested in this one. There are some yeah, gems I, on the PS2 for sure. There are yeah. some gems. Yeah, PS2 had a massive library, and I'm sure there's a ton of games that a ton of people have just never heard of, right? And then yeah. they're actually worth playing. Yeah. And like from a studio that basically did two PS2 games and then switched to mobile and disappeared. So that's that's kind of interesting. I'd actually be interested to find out the, the main designer of this game and see where they're working now because this is this is pretty cool, actually. I like this. Right, Excellent. So yeah. Anything else for Rough Trigger? Uh, I don't think so. I just... I, lo- I was looking at reviews on Amazon, and I think the reviews are a little... Uh, lopsided against the game and i mean if you're buying it now and expecting something like ps3 ps4 ps5 quality you're not getting that don't expect that but if you buy it expecting to have a little fun and actually pay attention to the game's mechanics you should be fine like one of the one of the bad reviews that gave it one star was complaining about not be was complaining about something dumb where they basically just didn't figure out how to use a mechanic properly from the tutorial I'm like, it spells everything out for you. It makes you use everything at least once before you get out of there. So right. as long as you don't play it like a raptor from Game Grumps, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, this, this this game generation, like PS2, PS1, N64, it can be hard to go back to those early 3D titles in this decade. Like I, think, I think really, the I, I was reading an article where people kind of considered the Dreamcast era as if you're going to go back to a 3D engine, that's the engine you can go back to, the era you can go back to. That still looks good even today. But it can be tough to go back to PS era. But, I mean, you have to appreciate what it is for the time, right? Same thing with Xbox. But this looks, um, I mean, to me, this looks good. Since Those Tris are and all I, the same generation. Yeah, since Tris and I, um, we played um, on stream a, a number of PS2 games, like on physical hardware. Um, in particular, the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games. But um, it won't move. Yeah. What's that? It won't move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's the, the elf. I remember playing through those sure. games with, with yeah. a buddy of mine, and we still quote that game to this day. <laughs> uh, great, great couch co-op game, for sure. Anyway. Really? I didn't know it was, co- I didn't know it was co-op. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance 1 and 2, couch co-op. Interesting. And I think if you got it on Xbox instead of PlayStation, it was up to four players. Probably... I know that on sure. the Xbox, there was the Xbox exclusive D&D Legends that was definitely four players. No, uh, these were specifically four players on Xbox, I remember, because if you try to find them online now, the Xbox yeah. version is far more expensive than the PlayStation version. Yeah, huh. and sorry, D&D Heroes, that was the game on the Xbox. That, uh, mm. we, I, I love that game. It, it felt like a continuation of the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance series to me. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, I'm going to save Sinistar your pick for the for last because it's a bit different. So let me go with mine. Um, so PS2, great example, Wolf, in terms of the bar, the bargain bin uh, idea, going to Walmart, Target. There is always the there's like the bin of DVDs, <laughs> right? For ten, mm-hmm. five, ten dollars, mm-hmm. a bin of PS2, and there's also a bin of Wii games. Uh, I love the Wii. Nintendo Wii was fantastic. It was one of those systems where 
even a family who are not traditionally gamers could get into it and play. It's one of the systems where, yes, mark it on your bingo card, Sinister just pointed to the Wii on a shelf. <laughs> so, And it's a system like the PS2. The Wii had a really long life. Even when the Wii U came out, people were still playing the Wii, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, even today, my kids want to use the Wii remote and break out uh, uh, Punch-Out on the Wii, for example, or the Wii balance board. Beth likes, my wife likes um, playing uh, the Wii yoga game. So there's a lot of, lot of fun stuff on the Wii, even to this day. It's still good to play. Um, but back in the day, so my wife and I used to look at games that were out of the norm, usually, right? So games like Guitar Hero, we used to do that, or Wii Sports. Um, and then in the bargain bin, we came across one game that had very cartoonish graphics, 2D only. And it's one of my favorite games on the system. And it's a, it's a series that I don't think has had a, a recent entry. And it's Rhythm Heaven Fever. So let me pull up the video real quick. But this game, it's a rhythm game, much like the title. And it, I mean, the Wii was always famous for its very limited controls, right? We've, we've complained about the Wii remote in the past, how it's mostly motion mm-hmm. controls and there's A and B on it. This is not a motion mm-hmm. control game, but it's, it's just A and B. And there's 50 basically mini games in this collection. And they're just completely, all completely different. And the music is catchy. The graphics are cute. The characters are charming. It's a really fantastic game. And it, the closest we have to it today, maybe WarioWare, WarioWare. Smooth I was Blue, about those to kind say, I was about to say with fifty mini games. I was about to yeah. say, is this a WarioWare like you know lookalike? Oh yeah, yeah, this looks a lot. Was this released after WarioWare? It must have been right because I think the first no WarioWare before. Was so this came out in two thousand twelve, which I think was before WarioWare. If I'm not wrong, I thought the first WarioWare was before that. Was it? No, so this see. this came out in 2012, 2011 in Japan. Uh, there was there was a follow up on the DS, and I think that was it. I want to say. So it never really it really never had a sequel. Sequel not not on uh, Wii U, and didn't want to have one. Obviously, different one on Switch. Like when I keep talking about games that I want to see on the Switch release, this is this is one of them for sure. I'm gonna see if I can skip through this mini game because screw yeah. golf. WarioWare started in 2003. 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wonder in, if it's the same studio. GBA and GameCube. And then it came out. Another one came out on Game Boy Advance. And then DS. And then Wii. And then DS again. Okay. So, like. Whatever this mini game is, is fantastic. <laughs> so, for the audio listeners, we're looking at a mini game where there's basically two short squat oval guys on a, on a seesaw. And in the game, you're basically hitting A and B to bounce off the seesaw in time with the music. And there's parts of it where he flies up into the air and does like a Dragon Ball-esque like fireball back down on the seesaw and send the other guy flying into the air. It's uh, great. The graphics are simple, yeah. but they're very charming. There's there's one mini game where it's your reporter and there's like a wrestler. And the, as the music is going, you have to do uh, either... You either have to hit the A button to make him do a bicep curl, or you have to do one where he does both arms at once in time with the music. And the reporter has these lines as part of the songs. And one of the, one of the lines is like, rub it up, dub dub And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the, the photographers take pictures if you do it a perfect timing. And if you don't, they boo. It's just, and that's just like one of the 50 mini games. There's one of the hardest ones in the package. And one of the reasons why I was, I've kind of got, I fell off this game originally, and I've, I've beaten it since then, is Monkey Watch literally a watch zoomed into the screen 
and there's monkeys all around the watch. And as it's ticking to the music, you have to clap the monkeys, have to clap the arms of the watch. The timing is very difficult in that mini game. But that's that's what this is. It's all timing to the music. And the music just nails it every single time. Uh, the, the one we have up now for, for listeners is there's two golfers in a hole and a couple are on a date on his park bench. And the boy has to kick away these balls to the time of the music and you know the soccer balls bounce differently than the footballs for example it's just they're just a wild collection of games and the controller is so simple a and b that's it but it's the timing and how they're slightly varied between the different mini games makes this great um there's different tracks of mini games and at the end of each one you have a special remix where they take the previous games and put them all together in, in an extra song a remix that song that's extended it's a couple minutes long Quite challenging and just really fun to play. Uh, this game came to me f- recently because there was somebody who was actually doing runs of this game blindfolded using just the music and memorization. He beat all of these games, all 50 of them in a row, completely blindfolded. And it was epic to see. I'm going to wow. see if I can put the video in the description for people to watch. I have to say, when I've when I've been on dates on park benches, it's normally my balls that are getting kicked and not, you know, <laughs> random balls that are fly, moving up toward me. Sorry. Sorry. You Hopefully can. not in rhythm multiple times. Yeah. No, I keep I keep watching this and there's a line in my head that keeps going through and that's kick, punch, it's all in the mind. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very much, right? I love Parappa the Rapper and this, this kind of feels like that, but just so much more. But I mean, I, I would love to play the music live, but I, I can't. But it's just for anybody who loves rhythm games, this is very easy to throw on your computer and emulate because you don't need the motion controls. You can just use any controller. It's literally two buttons and it's charming as all hell, right? Like the, there's one where there's a monkey with a tambourine. You have to do it matching in the, the monkey's motions, Simon Says style. There's another game with a, a samurai fending off ghosts and spirits. Just every single one of these games is absolutely fantastic. And every time you finish a track and you have the remix of that song, which incorporates all the mini games, it just, the planning to combine it all together is very clever. And whoever the musician is for this game is just just really fantastic. And it, it bothers me that, well, I, I mean, WarioWare is not bad. I, I have a couple of those games and they're fun, sure. but they don't have quite the same charm as this game. I find WarioWare's mini games are too short they're micro games they're like two seconds well, long right that's the point of i mean you're right that is a definite difference because the point of a wario warioware game is that two to five second you know mini mini yeah. game micro game right i mean yeah the chart books is play freebird <laughs> <laughs> what, 17 minutes of a rhythm game <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, and it's just this. This to me is like one of the the just the the peak of Wii games, right? Where it just you have Guitar Hero, the rhythm game. You have you know the sports games, like the balance board games, and all these games are kind of out there and outside the norm. I mean, obviously, we had its Mario Galaxy, and it had its you know games there. But this is so interesting. It's, it's the clock. It's the I saw the clock one. So this is a remix <laughs> yeah. one where they did Monkey Watch, but on the Tower of London, which mm. is which is wild. And so they do change up the graphics in these as well. But yeah, this is, this is a game that I hope a lot of people play. I know there's a few folks I've seen on Twitch who stream it, and this is like always a favorite. So I, I don't know much else to say about this one. It just, it's a wild collection. Like there's just another example, one where you're building robots and there's some are tall, some are short, and you got to hit the button at the right time to screw their heads on with fun music. Another one where you are a fork and there's flying peas shooting at the screen and you have to plunk the peas in time with the music. 
just wild, crazy, couldn't be more Japanese if it tried style of game. <laughs> it just, it's just one of those things. Wild and wacky stuff. So I yeah. looked it up. Uh, it is the exact same development studio as the WarioWare games. Okay. And that lines up. Yeah. And also Metroid Other M. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, that's, a, a, that's a, a, a well-known micro mini game uh, rhythm game for sure. Maybe that's, that's why Other pace. M was not great because it wasn't their, <laughs> their, their format, you know? That's but, crazy. But uh, this... You know what this reminds me of? There's this new game I've seen a few trailers for this year through all the summer of game stuff, right? Called Headbangers, where it's a bunch of pigeons in a rhythm game. Yes, cockbirds. It looks a lot like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, they do look of. a little bit like penises, don't they? They totally do, and that's that's going to be a selling Complete point I'm telling you right now. Cockbirds. Breaking my Dude. voice like I'm a teenager. <laughs> Soon, soon on OnlyFans, we're getting this game. <laughs> so, so that's interesting that this studio made WarioWare for sure. Then, because WarioWare is actually getting a new game on Switch, I think later this year. It was part of the Nintendo Direct last week. I, I hope they would do these these ones again. I guess maybe Wario's got the brand recognition. I don't know. Maybe people like those better. But I find these mini games a lot more fun than than smooth moves and and the other micro games. Personally, Jake, I have been waiting an eon for another Parappa the Rapper. So there you go. Yeah, we only ever got the two, right? Prop the Rapper and you know, yeah. Jammy, Jammy Lemmy, I think it was. No, yeah. there w- it was Parappa and Parappa 2 and then Um Jammer Lammy. Oh, okay. so there's three. Okay. Yeah, but I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I only, love Parappa. The only concern, I wonder why they maybe they haven't done this is because of the the latency with modern TVs, if that's why they don't do these kind of games anymore. Because like yeah, the Wii but, was back one before HD, right? But, well, except for I played it on my, I played it on my LCD uh, TV and, and you, you did the whole like, you know, show the bar with like the clap or whatever and you, you'd get the clap. You sync it up. And yeah. you would set, you would sync up your, your TV. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, uh, uh, my brother says, uh, I think the Wii was 720. Probably. I definitely had the, um, the RGB, the composite or component. I had the component input for my, um, for my Wii. So I think I thought the Wii was 480 still. No, I think if you got the component adapter, it could go up to 720, 720. Okay. All right. Cause I, I remember retro talk where it's like, this was like the before the HD. That's why people considered it retro but you know that whole definition of retro which is wild yeah but know. yeah i mean uh, the, uh, rocksmith or whatever i mean they they accounted for all of that like you just you just set the timing based on your tv right you're right yeah so yeah nice well, and and remind yeah, me the name the of one. this game yeah uh this is rhythm heaven fever so this is definitely okay. one everybody should try. Very easy to get into. And and this is one where like my kids like to watch or play along as well because it's just easy to pick up like a lot of Wii games were. So, Oh, this wasn't pick. even the first Rhythm Heaven then? No. The so first there was, one was there on was one, DS. Okay. Yes. And then this came out and then there was another one on the DS like you mentioned and then that's it. <laughs> which is which is And interesting. then Metroid Other M. <laughs> which 
couldn't be a worse pivot for a company that makes rhythm <laughs> games honestly like i don't i don't i don't get it how does nintendo take a studio that does this and the micro games and say you know what we want you to take one of our fan favorite franchises and fuck it up yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah. just do that just do that for us anyway uh, I like the I like the rhythm game of slapping spiders. I like that. Yeah, you keep the candy, <laughs> yeah. you slap the spiders. That's just that's right. how it works in the office environment. Yeah, I know I do that in the office all the time. <laughs> all right. No, you let the spider join the podcast is what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we have to when Charge's been on slaps. break and GP's away for a while, so we, we need we need that guest. Although, thankfully, he hasn't been around lately, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Nice. So, uh, okay. So that's my pick. And then I guess Sinistar, I want you to talk about yours because yours is interesting. Yours is not necessarily yeah. in a bin, but it was definitely yeah, a bargain you, at one time. Mine is... Sinistar, I, hold on. Before you say yours, yeah, yeah. I want to mention to everybody that Sinistar, as he often does on this show, definitely <laughs> thought outside the box for this one. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hidden gem. <laughs> it's a hidden gem. Yes. Nobody's played this one. Never ever. seen before. No, actually, what's kind of interesting is mine. Before I say what it is, mine is actually kind of an inverse bargain bin game. Like it actually started as a bargain bin game, and today it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. So today, my game, yeah, it's a multi-billion-dollar franchise. It is. It's it's one of the. It is. It is. Well, according to uh, a list I found, as of 2012, it was the sixth highest selling game of all time. Uh, you know, as of as of uh, 2012. So, yeah, Chardmark, you're right. It's Elden Ring. We are going with Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> that hidden started gem out, started out a bargain, as a bargain bin game. Bin game. <laughs> no, no, my game. Thinking outside the box, my game is Minecraft. It is, I mean, here's the thing. I got in on it when it was either 10 or $15. I don't remember which. It was either the beta or the alpha or whatever when when uh, Mojang had come out yeah, with the, it. I, I believe the alpha was 10 bucks, and then yeah. the beta, it was 15 Yes, that's yeah. right. So... I think I got in a beta tier. So, and by the time I got in on it, I think they had sold like two and a half million copies at this point. So Minecraft hidden gem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Hey, look, I'm channeling my inner GP. (laughs) So um, yeah, basically, I mean, it's, it's one of those games where like this kind of was, before the concept of steam early access, maybe even steam, I don't know the timing for steam, but maybe steam looked at this and said, Hey, we could, we could profit in the same way that, you know, Mojang did without ever, you know, producing this through a studio or even like they were selling it on their own marketplace, like their own website. Right. Um, so yeah, this game, (laughs) since stars going for that title. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Um, but no, it's, it was a bargain bin game. It was absolutely a bargain bin game. Like, oh yeah, I have, I have hundreds of hours in this, you know, Sinstress and I, and, and, and a few other people would sit down and play this. I ran multiple servers at different times. You know, we, we, 
there was even a point where Brother of Sin 3D printed an area of the map that we had that we had built a, a base on. Um, you could oh, actually take. You could take, there was a product that you could get that would take your map. You could take a section of it. It would, it would essentially create it for 3d printing. So, uh, I still think I have that somewhere, but, um, absolutely a very interesting game because you look at it, there's no discernible goal, at least, at least at the time that we got in, there Back wasn't, then, there wasn't, yeah, yeah, there wasn't even an end game. There wasn't the ender area there wasn't the you know whatever the nether area whatever you call it where you could go take on the you know the ender dragon and and all of that stuff um but i mean how many hours you guys have played this i'm sure how many hours have we wasted and i spent 15 dollars right yeah like i love this because when my kids a couple years ago asked hey we want we want to get minecraft i'm like i already have it and they're like, really on the switch? I'm like, no, <laughs> Java on the PC. <laughs> and they wanted the switch or they wanted the other version, which is fine. This is, this is special to me because uh, there's a web form. I don't know if they're still around, but it was TIG, the source. I used to be, uh, I used to lurk oh, that form quite a bit back in the day. Yeah. TIG source. Cause uh, the guy who did, um, uh, what's the game? Not La Moana, but the other one rogue, like, oh, that's going to bug me now. Oh, um, anyway. Isaac with the bombs and uh, the bombs and the, and the ladders and the ropes and you're underground with, uh, oh, Splunky. Splunky. Thank you. As so the guy who Eric made Splunky. U? Yeah. Yes. So TIG source was his form, his part of his website. I so I used to lurk that because that. back in the day I used to mess around with, uh, indie game engines and, and whatnot. I mean, I never really did anything with it, but it was fun to play with and tinker with. And there's lots of influence and, uh, inspiration on that form. And back then, Notch was a member of that forum. And I remember there was a mm. thread talking about this, this proof of concept called Infiniminer, I think it was mm -hmm. called. Yeah. And it was mm -hmm. the whole idea of, of voxels and, and blocks and stuff. Yeah. So he had taken, I guess, that idea, or, or did he make it? I can't remember. But he no, basically he didn't put together make, a... He didn't make Infiniminer. He used no. it as inspiration. Inspiration. But right. before Minecraft, he had worked on Worm Online with another yeah. studio. Yeah. So there's you can see a lot of overlap between... Like it's it's Minecraft is basically a marriage of Infiniminer's look and Worms playstyle. Interesting. Well, okay. and and then he also like according to Notch, um, he also uh, took the building portion of it. It was inspired by Dwarf Fortress as well. So, uh, and in fact, uh, according to uh, his the history, Minecraft was originally a project that he had called Ruby Dung. So, you know, there you go. Didn't know yeah. that. And, and, yeah. I mean, I don't want to dive into Notch too much because he's been, I mean, he's, got some, know, he's been a, he's got some issues. Yeah. But the idea of Minecraft and to be there at the start of it and to see the demo he threw up and it's just like, oh, yeah. 10, 15 bucks. Like I didn't get alpha either. I think I got on board with the beta. And even with the beta, I put in hundreds of hours just making with it. Yeah. I used to, well, when you could do online with folks, the thing I would love to do is everybody was doing their own personal builds and castles mm -hmm. and things. I would be the guy who would go around building roads to freaking everything. Whether they wanted a road or not, I would build a road to everything so you could travel so, across things. I used to do that all the time online. Yeah, so this too. is carried over to Valheim. <laughs> Actually, yes. Because in Valheim, I do the same damn thing. I have to link everything up. We must be a town. We must be a civil society. I'm going to join everything together. 
Uh, and that's so, literally that's because of Minecraft. Yeah. One of the things I adore about Sinstress, my wife, is we anytime we we or she plays Minecraft, her goal is to flatten mountains. Like she will spend <laughs> hours switching from the pickaxe to the shovel to this to that and just clearing mountains and just making these yeah. level zones. It's great. Yeah. So I there's and there's nothing <laughs> quite like Minecraft even today. Like there's games that it gets yeah. similar. Valheim has obviously some elements of it, but it's totally well, different. The forest. There, yeah, the forest. Yeah. There are games that have there are plenty of games that have been released that imitate Minecraft, but none of none of them have ever saw success. Yeah, I argue different. I argue that this game is still the defining member of the genre of sandbox games. I I argue that it is the defining member. Like there are there are groups that have come along. Arc Arc tries to be a, a, a you know a, another one, but like it doesn't play like Minecraft. Yeah, sure, I go and have fun fighting dinosaurs and riding dinosaurs, but you know it's not Minecraft at the end of the day, right? So. Yeah, there's definitely something to the simplicity of Minecraft in that all the building structures, it, it's cube-based, right? It's yeah, simpler yeah. than Lego, right? Yeah. It's literally just every single block has six sides, so you can build north, south, east, west, up or down from what you're attached to. Yep. And it, it, it makes everything very accessible, even for children. Like, my Minecraft account is no longer my Minecraft account. <laughs> It yeah. became my kids like four or five years ago because he expressed interest in it. And he was like, hey, can we get this? And I was like, I got it. It's like, what? <laughs> can we play? I'm like, well, I only got one copy. So no, but you can have it. Yeah. So I gave it to him. So my account is now his account. We changed the name on it and everything. He's He has adopted it. But this is a game. I bought it back when it was an alpha. Mm -hmm. I got to see the horrendously broken online when it first released. <laughs> we broke servers. Like we, we paid for uh -huh. online servers yeah. to play on. We broke servers by burning down trees. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, the fire I remember... would just never go out. And then yeah. it would just attach to everything. And eventually the server would just crash. I remember... And then you'd try to log back in and you couldn't because everything yeah. was still burning. I remember, I remember doing the same thing with TNT, right? You would set these big mountains of TNT and you would explode them. And the thing would slow to the point that you would disconnect. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I so, remember um, one online server, I built a giant world tree, something that would have been straight out yeah. of avatar and some ass set it on fire and brought down the server and just it was a massive tree it, i was so proud of that tree because and building it by hand took forever but yeah he set it on fire so i have yeah, a lot of memories of this game and it's neat to look at this game how i played it and to see that my yeah. kids are playing it but the version they play today is a lot different when they first came to me and said can we get minecraft Very. coins i'm like what are you talking about and like right. my coins there's a currency in this game now it's nuts. Well, well it's a microtransaction currency. That's how they monetize it yeah, after purchase, and, right? And you guys you guys joined early enough that you probably had the same experience that we did where we were literally watching the release cycle and we were tracking like oh, they've added new shadowing and new lighting and we've they've yeah. added, you know, they've added powered tracks and they've added blah, you know, and the whole, you know, red red what is it? The red 
um, Redstone. 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 All of that which stuff. Which is amazing. Like, yeah. We, we were, and then, you know, the first thing we did is we built, before there was Redstone and actual powered, we built, we built tracks that had a second rail that would, that the cart would end up pushing you from the other rail. It would, you know, through, through an actual bug in the game, right? We figured out this yeah. bug that if you built a track in the same way that are close to each other, it would actually launch you. And since uh since re- reference this, we, we came up with ideas that were like, Hey, let's go build a rail as far as we can and see how long it'll go. And we had a rail that went an entire day and night cycle in game. You could just ride the rail. We built glass around it. We built, you know, everything around it. So yeah, it was, and yeah, that was, that was, that was, I think when I fell off was when they went from creating, I don't know what I would call creative to creating the end game items. And I know it's not an end game, but you know, the whole, you know, ender dragon and all of that stuff. And to me, it was like, okay, we've gone to just a regular RPG instead of, hey, they've introduced this new mechanic. How can we break it in the best way? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the I think uh, the end, as it's called, you know, where the Ender Dragon yeah. is, I think that was introduced with the final release, right? Yeah. Uh, before, like I think it went to Microsoft. I think before yeah. it went to Microsoft. Yeah. I think that was a 1.0 thing, but uh, yeah, I I played the crap out of it well before that, and then somewhat after that. But uh, I remember my introduction to this game. I don't know if I've shared this story in the podcast or not, but I always think it's fun. I was playing World of Warcraft, and one of my guildmates was on, and it was it was late at night, so I'm just running around. I'm mining, right? And I see her on, she's quiet for a while. So finally I'm like, hey, what are you up to? And she goes, oh, I'm playing Minecraft. And <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, oh, me too. Because I was running around <laughs> in World of Warcraft mining, right? I thought yes, it was a joke. Uh, nice. And then she was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm running around mining. You're running around mining. She's like, no, no, no. There's this game called Minecraft where it's this and this and this. And I was like, oh, so for me, I thought it was a joke, and then I went and That's looked awesome. into it. And you know, I initially played it on the website where it was literally just creative with like a dozen blocks and a spider, yep. I think, or something. And maybe the yeah. creeper at this point, probably. Maybe. Yeah, yeah it was the, the creeper. So it was the creeper. Oh, it was oof. a lot of like brick, grass, stone. That was kind of yeah. it, right? That creeper then, noise still haunts me. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway. I, I got in very early, but I was playing. Yeah. I found myself playing enough of that where I was like, 10 bucks. All right, I'll I'll buy the actual game because that sounds like it's got a lot more going on than this. And yeah. I had a lot of fun with it for a long time. It was definitely worth the $10. And then to get back to kind of the point, it was a bargain game, but kind of what yeah. I, you know, thinking outside of the box, right, it, you know, is is it's no longer a bargain game. And I have, I've gone back to it a few times, you know, I've, I jumped on a friend's server and he had all the mods that had the magic and had the, the ability to set up these automated systems, et cetera. Like all of the mods are crazy. Like if you look at the mods you can install, you know, um, and, and honestly, I don't know for me, I think the simplicity 
but also chasing kind of like the development cycle from simplicity to like more complex was the joy for me. Right. Yeah. It was really cool to see the game grow and expand what it was. Yeah. But I don't know how much it is today. It's probably a $50, $60 game. Honestly. No, it's, it's actually still 30 bucks for the, Oh, the yeah. pair nice. of Java and Bedrock edition. So it's not but. expensive, but it's also not like a bargain game. It's just like high indie pre- high indie game price now. Yeah. It's a high but indie I'd game price. But if you're like me with kids, I had to buy yeah. it two additional times. And then <laughs> if you have kids, they want the damn coins. And those coins, they can add up. So I mean you don't have to spend coins, but it's all cosmetic stuff. But when they first said, "Hey, I want Minecraft coins to buy skins in game," I'm like, "Skins used to be fr- you used to do them yourself. They were free." Yeah. But the Bedrock you still edition can actually you can. Even but the Bedrock, Bedrock edition is more monetized than the Java version is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. Well, I've yeah, in the Bedrock the edition. Go ahead. Yeah, in the Bedrock edition, you can actually it's it's convoluted to do. You have to actually log into Minecraft.net to upload your own skin. Or no, you oh. don't have to. That's only for Java now. In Bedrock, you can find skins and you can pull them up through Bedrock, and load them up from your computer. Okay. So it's not super convoluted, but uh, what the actual skins in the game let you do is sometimes they have extra layers or something that you can't access. Right from just a basic skin. So there's some customization to it. A lot of times my kid will be like this and it's $5. And I'm like, dude, no. Yeah. And sometimes he'll find one where like, it's a really cool skin. The whole thing is like three bucks for like the whole body. And it's like flowing RGB. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> well, there was um, a how to train a dragon mod pack or something that I think mm. I picked up for the girls. And uh, that was fun. I mean, they had the dragons in the game, the characters there, the story and the environment map was made was cool. I mean, I get it. It's neat. And I, I'm happy with them to play Minecraft over some of the other stuff that's available out there rather than play Minecraft and Roblox, for example. So I've been fine with it, but it's definitely not the ten fifteen dollar bargain bin it used to be, which is really interesting. When you had mentioned yeah. following the development history of this game, yeah, I immediately thought of No Man's Sky. To me, No Man's Sky is a similar arc where it was just like this very basic thing when it released, yeah. and then just what it is today is almost unrecognizable from when it first launched. And Minecraft to me is that. I uh, since Chris and I lucked out, our kids being the age that they are, we we were able to get them minecraft uh purchases for the for the beta or for the alpha beta price as well so but yeah um yeah anyway it's uh, yeah. i think it's a value i think at 30 dollars it's still a value is it a bargain no but i think it's still a value at 30 bucks but they i mean they know their market because even the newer minecraft games they never exceed i think 40 bucks mm. minecraft dungeons is the new one i think where it's like a diablo clone i think it, which I mean, it has the same like graphic Gauntlet style, and not and nearly Diablo, the same. But yeah, Gauntlet, yeah, that I think is forty bucks, or it's on Game Pass. I think that's how I played it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, I, and that's I think that's thirty forty bucks, honest. but it has DLCs upon DLCs, yeah. right? So the base game is relatively inexpensive when you figure, you know, a AAA game because that's what it is now. Minecraft is AAA games. Yeah. Sure. Because it's Microsoft. Mojang has all the yeah. might of Xbox Studios behind it, right? Right. <laughs> like when Microsoft right. paid $2 billion for it, 
I mean, there's a good reason, and they're putting all they put full yeah. back into that game. So yeah. it's it's an interesting story for sure. All right, absolutely. That was a good pick. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, and that we was our little... bargain bin games. I think yeah. all three that are worth to check out. And uh, anything else on bargain bin games before we move on to finishing our business? No, um, I don't think so. You. It's funny because mm-hmm. you talk about those those bargain bin games at Walmart, but I, those were there a long time, buddy. Mm. <laughs> I remember seeing Saturn and PlayStation games in those things yeah. before that. So maybe, yeah. but for some of me in the disc era of video games, it seemed to be really, really big bins of games. Like I know there's always cheap Nintendo game carts back in the day, but for me that that memory of just piles of discs, not even on a shelf, just thrown in a bin and Walmart's like, please, yeah. please take it. Please steal this. Like, honestly, just, just I take s- it. Yeah. I swear. Best Buy still has those bins. <laughs> oh probably yeah yeah you still see them at walmart but now all they have on them now is uh dvds and blu-rays mm. yeah no games 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 don't have that i mean are there even bargain games now i mean there's indie titles and it's usually you buy those digitally but i don't know if there's cheap discs anymore nintendo stuff well, never goes on sale yeah that's the thing is like those back then there was no indie publisher, right? You couldn't yeah, publish right. your own thing and set it on a storefront for super cheap. You had to go right. through a publisher like rough yeah. trigger. It's not to me. Not to me. It was a decent sized publisher at the time. So that's how it happened. But it was such a cheap game to make. I'm sure that they figured, okay, 20 bucks. We could sell this for 20 bucks. We could sell this many for 20 bucks and make our money back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Since this points out, and this is absolutely true. We got bloodborne. For twenty dollars at the Target bargain bin. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've not That's seen PS3? a bargain bin at Target. It's more like a bargain end cap. I think it was a bargain <laughs> end cap. It might have been a bargain end cap, but yes. Yeah. That's nah, a Target. That doesn't qualify. Bargain end caps, but I want it is a like giant a barrel pile of cheap games. games thrown in. Yes, literal pile of games. That's what I want. No, no. Well, that's, that's what the they do. Bear. Just on an end cap, it's a pile of games. Just yeah. <laughs> Yep. Once a week, somebody comes with a dump truck and just tosses them on the asphalt and they have to shovel it into a bin and bring it to the store. <laughs> the fun just thing, the funny bear. thing about those Target end caps, um, usually they're just loaded with like clearance games, right? Sure. But sometimes you'll find a game in there that you're like, ooh, cool. And then you look at its price and you're like, $60. It's because it's like their last one or two copies and they don't have they uh-huh. don't want to sacrifice all that shelf space for it anymore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? I can bet you I can name a bargain bin game for today, kind of. And that's uh, Crash Team Rumble. Just came out a couple days ago, and it's 30 bucks. And like people are saying it's fun, but there's been no marketing behind it. And it, people didn't even realize it launched this week. But it's 30 bucks, and apparently people are having fun with that one. So Crash Team Rumble hmm. looks to be an interesting one, and it's 30 bucks. So maybe I mean, there still is the spirit of bargain bin games. If we're talking games that feel like they were priced very well, Metroid Dread. Right? That was a full I mean, price game, though, right? Was, I think yeah, it was 40 bucks, bucks, wasn't it? Was it 60? No, it was 60. Yeah, it was a full oh, title. Well, then yeah. never mind. I take it back. Uh, <laughs> Prime Remastered was 40. That's okay. Yes. Wrong yeah, Metroid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the other M. The other other M. <laughs> you know, I've never played other M. I, I, just, <laughs> I hear so many bad things about it. I haven't bothered. But. I have it back there somewhere. I haven't either. I've been meaning to. It has story that has value for the Metroid 
uh, universe. So I'll read the manga. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. We got business to attend to. We are doing, for those who don't know, the Press B Top 100, the Top 100 games that you need to play. You must play, according to us. So each week, we're putting forth a nomination for that Top 100 list. And then the future episode, we're going to rank them in some fashion. We still got to sort that out. Uh, I'll start off because I actually have mine ready to go. And then we'll pass on to the two guys. Um, mine is for the N64. And it's a game that has never gotten a remaster or a sequel. Well, maybe it got a re-release on the Xbox, but never a sequel. And it's from Rare, and it's Blast Corps. I'm amazed that this game has not had a sequel. It blows my mind. For those who don't know, Blast Corps from Rare is a basically a an overhead real-time puzzle game as you have to do demolition to destroy various buildings and objects while a, a, a truck with a nuclear warhead on it is moving toward the map and if it hits anything on the map it explodes that's the story they've called in the blast corpse to demolition things in the path of this missile until they can dearm it it's a wildly fun puzzle game uh very frantic when you are on the clock and it's not a physical clock it's literally the nuclear missile slowly rolling on this truck toward the goal and you have to break these buildings but there's like a dozen vehicles in the game that you can use everything from mechs and robots flying and tumbling to dump trucks and tractors uh, even the a-team van is in this game as a vehicle it's just it's just a wild assortment of vehicles in this game to play with uh wildly fun tons of levels lots of secret levels there's a few secret levels where you go to outer space you go to the planets so you're demolishing demolishing on the the moon for example wild stuff um, just a, so many levels fun music it had a little bit of speech which is rare for the n64 i think mm-hmm. uh, just surprising it never got a sequel so for me blast corpse belongs in the top 100 nice yeah this was a i remember playing the crap out of this when it came out and it got so much magazine coverage um yeah but i looked into it and apparently the reason it never got a sequel the game's director felt like the whole thing had been explored and they didn't really need to explore the mechanics any further but that that they released how many awful donkey kong country games at rare <laughs> and they they feel like they've explored all of blast corpse really yeah <laughs> but i don't know that's apparently the reasoning it yeah uh, but you were right it did get released on rare replay which was on xbox one right. and that was back in 2015 so it's yeah. it's been a while it's unfortunately it feels like a game that's sort of been lost to time even though it was a massive success and honestly, the, the journalists wouldn't shut up about it, right? It, it made so many yeah. covers. It had so many multi-page spreads in various magazines. And that was, was a one-off. It's so weird. And like unique gameplay, nothing quite like it, I think I've ever seen since then. Like nobody's tried doing a Blast Corpse like, for example. And just, yeah, very unique. So yeah, good gem. Hidden gem. <laughs> I'd call it hidden gem, but it was so popular when it came out. I guess maybe it's hidden yeah. gem now, but it's just it's it's no Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> really, I just good. saw I just saw GP in our chat, so I had to bring that up. Hi, GP. <laughs> Hi, GP. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I will go next. I am once again skirting very close to our cutoff date. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with Halo 2. Mm. Halo 2. When did that come out? In my mind, 
two, November 9th, 2004. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's like right before 2005. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right within wow. that cutoff. Nice. Okay. But yep. uh, you you cannot deny that Halo 2 is definitely like up there as far as games. It it was so big that the games like that's the only midnight release I've been to where it was just massive crowds at little nowhere towns, right? It wasn't just yeah. like LA, New York, Chicago, that kind of it, my town, friggin' Redlands, San Bernardino. There was line all the way around the friggin' parking lot. People were ordering pizzas and having them delivered to the line. (laughs) Cars were just like, it was like this weird sort of mix between a block party and a tailgate party, but in the GameStop parking lot right outside the Walmart, (laughs) right? It was so weird, but everybody was just having fun, having a grand old time waiting for the release. And then everybody went home. You met people in line that night. What's your gamer tag? Let's play when we get home. So you're, it's like three in the morning. You're still playing with people. You just met that night on live. Just shooting the crap at each other, blowing each other up, having a great time. This is a game I played for years. I played this at my freaking bachelor party. Nice. I whipped out a bunch of Xboxes and 360s, had everybody bring their copies of Halo 2. I installed the map pack on all the machines. We had four TVs set up, and we played like seven-player yeah. Halo 2. That's awesome. I, yeah. I have Halo not played... Halo was the system seller for Microsoft. Like This is this is the reason yeah. you you were your team Xbox back in the day. It was because of Halo. Everybody loved Halo. And yeah. like the, right. on, the online component is just iconic, right? How weird to say online play is retro though. <laughs> well, and realistically for me, it was, it was the four player split screen and then you add other Xboxes in was where yeah. I, yeah. you know, that was what hit me. Right. We the, used to, the local used to land get parties. That's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> it, halo night, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going Not- to my buddies for halo night, not game night. Not Halo. not Halo Two, but uh, so so uh, Jeremy's uh, cousin in law, I think my brother Jeremy has had used to have these these uh, Halo games, and I remember I brought my Xbox, I showed up, and they had enough players that it was like a couple of people, like four people on one Xbox, four people on another Xbox, and then there was a TV, so I didn't have to share the TV, I didn't have to split screen. It was great. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Man. Uh yeah, it was this is a game that it it really shaped what console shooters were for a long time mm-hmm. because it it improved on the first one dramatically. It was kind of the face of online shooters for consoles mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. I don't think Halo 3 came close when that one was, you know, the online no. multiplayer for that. Um Halo 4, Halo 5, they've all kind of petered out. Halo 2 had some massive staying power for a long time. And then as far as the actual main campaign goes, like it really upped the stakes of the story and introduced the Flood, which we now yeah. think of as like the biggest, meanest thing in Halo. It started in 2. So there's, there's a lot of aspects of 2 that I think make it the best of the Halo series. 
and mm-hmm. maybe one of the best, at least console shooters ever made. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, yeah, it, no it was on Windows as well. Sure. Although, yeah, but on Windows, again, you had other PC port. shooting games. Yeah, you had other online shooters on PC because there's a whole other different culture of Quake and, and whatnot online on PC. But for consoles, it was Halo. It was really just Halo. Like, wasn't yeah. the whole red-blue Machinima thing, was that Halo 2, I think, where this started yeah. with? No, it yeah. started with Halo 1. I thought it was And one. then it got okay. the graphical okay. bunk with, bump with Halo 2 yeah. where they ended right. up in the future. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Okay. Excellent. Good choice. All right. All right, Sinistar, how about you? All right. So funny enough, I referenced that um, in 2012, Minecraft was the sixth greatest selling game of all time. My pick today in 2012 was the second highest selling game of all time. And that is Starcraft. Okay. Good choice. Yeah. Not only did it have some of the best uh, uh, tactical strategy multiplayer, but the campaign was epic. Like yeah. Kerrigan, all of that stuff, like that stemmed off, right? I mean, that was, it was, it, it took, it took what Warcraft and Warcraft 2 had and Command and Conquer and, the, you know, Red Alert, and it kind of boiled it down into, in my opinion, now you have to add in the expansion pack, Brood War, but it kind of took all of those pieces and created a very cohesive, very balanced game. You know, I mean, balanced really from day one. Well, you have like just three sides, to... right? And even though there's three yep. drastically different sides to play in the yep. game, where they have the Zerglings, which are basically the aliens, and then you have the Protoss, which are high technology, and then you have the humans. But you're right. They all felt incredibly balanced. That is not an easy thing to design a game around, to have three separate nope. sides that are so drastically different. Yeah incredibly different tactics right humans it was about military power right zerglings it wasn't about military power it was about overrunning your opponents and 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 spreading as far and fast as you could right how many how many times were you chasing adding more creep right adding more creep adding more creep and then the protoss protoss slow but has shields from the beginning right and and as soon as they had their power ooh blimp death we called them blimps what are they called carriers we called them blimps yeah. blimp death right you had a you had a squadron of blimps fully loaded with the fighters and you just rolled the board right and then how frequently if you played this game and you were playing against the terrans and you heard nuclear launch detected <laughs> how much did you shit your pants on that yeah <laughs> right where yeah. you're looking for the little red dot for the ghost, right? You're like, where's the red dot? You know? And yeah, everybody <laughs> well, had, every race had their power weapon, but oh man, that nuclear launch detected was epic. And like how much of a legacy this game has, right? Like when we say Zerg rush in, in games today, it all goes back to Starcraft, yeah. right? The idea of rushing the opponent was Zergs back then, but it, it still applies today. The character designs, there's something that's just, it just when you say Kerrigan, I think Ker- wasn't Kerrigan one of our, we had a bracket episode on yeah, villains. We, I think Kerrigan I think we, was, was shortlisted to be one of those characters, I think. She didn't and, make yeah. it into the list, but we'd shortlisted yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I used to play this game enough that I would dream tactics. I would actually dream and come up with tactics. 
And I remember one day in a, I woke up from a dream. It wasn't a, it wasn't a glorious tactic, but I was chuckling when I woke up because I basically figured out, or I, I in my dream, I was like, I'm going to set my waypoint. I was going to play Zerg and I was going to set my waypoint in their base and just make as many Zerglings as fast as I could. And just like, it was literally, you looked at the little map and there's a little like light, you know, the little colored icons for your items. It was just like ants coming from my base to their base. It was great. So yeah, I love that game. I love that game. We, we actually still, it's been a couple of years, but we, we still play it. Starcraft two is okay, but you can, you can still buy and play Starcraft one on blizzard on blizzard's uh, site. That's great. Can you? I know they did a, a remaster not so long ago that wasn't as well received of it. I think. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was not well received because everybody expected, you know, additions. I think it was literally just, you know, slapping paint on it. Yeah. So. But yeah, StarCraft is one of those franchises where it's, it's one of the, the the pillars for for Blizzard, right? You have Warcraft, you have Diablo, and you have StarCraft. Really, that's what they got. I mean, I know they recently added Overwatch to the mix, but it's not nearly as impactful as those other three. And uh, I know they've tried to do StarCraft stuff since then, since two. Like uh, Ghost was in has been in development hell forever, and I think they gave up on it. But the idea of taking those characters in, into different genres, they've they've tried. I think Heroes of the Storm has some StarCraft units in it, for example. But I, I'm always curious to see what Blizzard does with StarCraft. It's been long enough. I'm surprised they haven't announced something is in the works with StarCraft because it's been a long time now. Yeah. No? I don't know. I never got mm-hmm. into StarCraft. StarCraft. I just I couldn't do it for whatever reason. It didn't click with me. I was huge on WarCraft and WarCraft 2. Warcraft three didn't click with me either. I think I I sort of lamented the loss of naval combat, mm. and yeah, Starcraft sort of had a similar thing where there was just space between land that mm. you didn't really do much with unless you had aerial combat, mm-hmm. and I felt like the naval combat was sort of between the land and the air combat, and I loved that aspect. Mm. So I was huge on Age of Empires, Age of Empires two. So I, I was big on those, never got into StarCraft. My, I had a lot of friends who did. They absolutely loved it. So much so that they would even play StarCraft 64. <laughs> so it was a good version. I had that, I, or I we, rented it. I, I liked that one. We played so many nights until, you know, four or five in the morning until we were just like falling asleep at our keyboards. Um, and, and we also, by the way, refused to call the expansion Brood War. We actually called StarCraft Original Recipe and Extra Crispy. So <laughs> we would always say, are we including Extra Crispy? You always have to include Extra Crispy. Yeah. yeah. All right. But, All righty. All right. Good choices for the top 100. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, right. for listening. Um, mm-hmm. We, uh, yeah, if you like this video, Discord? drop us a like. Yeah, join our Discord. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We're trying to make a push for, for subscribers on YouTube with some announcements that YouTube has made, like upcoming changes. So um, I know that uh, outside of the, the podcast friends. each week, we're going to look at doing some other stuff on the channel from time to time. So look forward to that. But yes, if you like the podcast, share with your friends, please. 
uh, we really like doing the podcast and you guys watching and being this and being so supportive has been great to us. So, Absolutely. um, anybody want to shout anything or we're going to wrap it up? Um, I'm going to call out, we, we were talking, I'm going to call out that, um, I'm probably, I'm probably done streaming on Twitch because Twitch has been a dumpster fire lately. And I'm probably going to start bringing things over here to the press B. Um, I'm going to try to keep it around Monday nights when I can. And this is where I'll probably finish Chrono Trigger. Okay. Yeah. This Sisyphean I, game seemed to really fit more on press B. So when I do battle toads, it will, it will probably be on press B now. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'll probably start putting stuff up on, uh, the press B YouTube as well. I have not been streaming on Twitch for ages. Um, I don't see the point in doing press B homework and posting it on my own YouTube channel. It's, it seems like it would be better served on this channel. So that's what I'm going to do. It's all going to go to the press B YouTube now for me, unless it's me and my kid. So that way it, there's a little bit of defined content there, but uh, anything that's just me, I'm going to start putting here. I think. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, this has been another episode of Press Me to Cancel. Thanks very much. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Thank <laughs> you.